HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Broadcasting live from Roberta's in Bushwick, Brooklyn, you're listening to HeritageRadioNetwork.com. Radio Network. I'm Erica Wides, your host. So if you just walk down the streets of Manhattan lately, you're you're really reminded of how completely our lives have been just totally taken over by mega corporations from bank branches on every corner to chain stores coming into every vacant storefront that used to be an independent New York style business, you know, to the invasion of the big box retailers that we now have creeping into the city. New York has really become a city that looks like every other city in the U.S. And so even here in what was once the most complex and most diverse city in the world, we can now shop at places like Home Depot and Costco, like the rest of corporate saturated America. And if Walmart has its way, we'll be able to shop at Walmart here soon. And so even though we also have things like the best green market system in the country and we're on the cutting edge of the food movement, we still feel the effects of the corporatization of our food, what we call big food, and the way that they're swallowing up our food system and pooping out foodiness everywhere you turn. And so back sort of late last year when we were all following Occupy Wall Street on TV and in the media when it was you know sort of top story in the news and all eyes were on on New York, um, two New Yorkers, food activist and writer Erica Lottie and writer and nutritionist Kristen Wortman, decided to occupy Wall Street themselves to bring attention to not just how corporate America is controlling our money and our lives and the economy, but also how the food industry, a.k.a. big food, controls what we eat and our food system. And just like corporate America is replacing everything real with a manufactured doppelganger, which is what they've done to New York, they're replacing food with a manufactured doppelganger, which 
you know that I call foodiness, and which is what Let's Get Real is all about. So tonight we have one half of the Occupy Big Food team, Kristen Wortman, in the studio with us. And if you follow the real food movement at all, you've probably read Kristen's work. She's a prolific writer doing the good work of exposing the nasty stuff that corporate America is doing to our food and putting in our food for places like the Huffington Post and Civil Eats and Grist. And she's also come up with a brilliant way to explain why the Sarah Palin chocolate chip cookie crowd defends their corporate kidnappers. We'll be talking about that, about Occupy Big Food and how to snatch our real food back from the jaws of corporate foodiness. So welcome, Kristen Wortman. Thank you. To Let's Get Real. Thanks for having me. Sure. Thanks for coming out to Bushwick. Um, so, you know, back last fall, we were all follow, or most of us were following Occupy Wall Street on TV or listening to it on NPR, things like that, and, and thinking, well, this is what I was thinking, is that I'm so glad somebody's down there doing something about this, but I can't really be down there right now because I have to stay home and watch weeds, you know, it's basically something like that. Um, well, you guys, uh, you know, probably saw it as an opportunity to get down there, get in front of the cameras in the country and start thinking and talking about how this applies to our food. So how did you and Erica come up with this with Occupy Big Food? Yeah, I was actually in the brainchild of Erica. And I was writing at the time, I wrote an article for the Huffington Post about the food movement, how it really connected to Occupy Wall Street. And I saw that she was planning a rally. She, she was in the works and I emailed her and we we met and we really hit it off and we decided to team up and do this together. And uh, that's that's how it happened. Mm hmm. And what was the goal? Well, the goal of Occupy Big Food, and still is the goal, is to bring attention to how corporations really control our food system and really dictate what it is Americans eat in this country. Mm -hmm. um, it's really deeply connected to Occupy Wall Street because Occupy Wall Street is all about how the corporate entities, banking institutions, um, deeply influence our political systems. So similarly, all these corporate, corporate entities really control our food systems. And I really believe that a healthy food system is really at the root of a healthy democracy. Mm -hmm. And when we have, you know, a handful of corporations controlling what we eat, it's a real threat to our democracy. Mm -hmm. Like Walmart controlling our food basically from seed to garbage can. Well, they, <laughs> like yeah, they, the they have uh, one fourth of all groceries that are bought in this country are wow. bought at Walmart. Um, we also have corporations like Monsanto, mm -hmm. the huge biotech company that controls 95% of sugar beets, 93% of soy, wow. uh, 80 83% of corn. And these are huge commodity crops. Mm -hmm. So these corporations like Monsanto, they control it from seed to table. They've mm -hmm. actually patented seed. They've yeah. patented a life form. Mm -hmm. So that's a really deep and insidious way to control the food system. Mm -hmm. And it puts those farmers who have to, who are forced to use those seeds into a really precarious situation because if they don't use them, they have no other options. And it's like they're basically shackled to Monsanto for the rest of their farming lives, aren't they? Right. Yeah. And, and I'm sure, you know, many of you, many of the listeners have heard that there was a court, there was a court hearing for, um, small farmers who wanted to have protection from the from the legal system against Monsanto because as the law exists now Monsanto can actually sue 
farmers who do not use their their GMO crops at all. But mm. as a result of the way pollination works, sure. you know, the wind blows and right. crops get pollinated, they've been become contaminated with GMO mm-hmm. seed. And and Monsanto can actually sue those farmers for patent wow. infringement. And the judge ruled that that wasn't something that should deserve to be heard in our courts. Oh so Monsanto is bullying these farmers, and it's it's really aggressive. They're very aggressive, mm-hmm. and they have the best lawyers in the world to fight these things. Right. So. right. So, I mean, that's really, I mean, Monsanto is really sort of the one perfect example of the evil, all-consuming, all-controlling, yeah. corporate, mega yeah, they control, Scary. like I said, they control yeah. the seed, they control the pesticide, right. the fertilizer, and then these commodity crops like corn and soy, for example, sugar, mm-hmm. are in nearly every pro- process and packaged food. So yeah. all the, the stuff that's on the shelves, you know, is coming through down from Monsanto. Mm-hmm. So they really control the whole entire line. Wow. That's unbelievable. I mean, I knew that, but even just hearing it again, it's like, and this is why, you know, this is why we need to occupy big food because Mm -hmm. like we went through the court system and they didn't do anything Mm -hmm. for us, you know, and similarly to how Occupy Wall Street, they don't believe that we can keep going through the same sort of lobbying political process because it's failed us. Mm -hmm. Look where we ended up. So the food movement, I believe, has failed in a lot of ways as well, because going to lobby and writing petitions and talking to Congress is like really failed. Yeah. So Occupy Big Food wants to take matters into our own hands you know how can we actually fight against these corporations mm-hmm. in a way that's going to be effective because mm-hmm. the courts aren't proving to be effective mm-hmm. so i mean obviously to me the answer the obvious answer to that how can we is like just don't buy any of that stuff just eat real food i mean that's what this show is all about you know don't buy and eat foodiness just eat real food go to your farmer's market and buy your real food but you know it's it's funny because occupy wall street was all about you know the one percent and the 99 percent. but i think that 99 percent of people in america probably don't really pay that much attention to their food they either don't have time or they don't have the money or they're just not that well aware of it or they've always just sort of bought into this trust in corporations and felt like, well, you know, big companies, General Foods, I trust them, Kraft, you know, Kellogg's, mm-hmm. they've been making great products my whole life. And, um, you know, and it's not just the kind of like McDonald's Applebee's crowd. It's the Garden Burger protein bar crowd, mm-hmm. too. I mean, that's what I find so insidious. And we were talking about this before the show is that this these tentacles reach even into those products. You right. know, And that's really what I talk about when I talk about foodiness is things like, you know, organic gummy bears or you know the vegan chicken products yeah. that you think oh they're really good they're really healthy you know right. um so you know i like i said the answer to me is just don't buy any mm-hmm. of that stuff but how you know how can people do this other than that i mean how can we make how do we make people care how do we right. make people want to occupy big food and do we care if they care yeah no, i i definitely care that they care because i think if we're gonna actually change things we're gonna have to have the masses of people behind us we can't just keep having the same you know group of people that goes to the farmer's right. market you know reads michael pollan etc so mm-hmm. what do we the do food elite so-called food right. elite. what right. do we do to get everyone else on board and that's what occupy big food has really been about um brainstorming ways to get more people to care about their food um and there's no easy answer to that question. I mean, as anyone knows who's been following the food movement and been working on this for 30, 40 years, mm-hmm. there's really a, it's really a hard issue, too. Um, I think something that I've been realizing more and more, though, and I think is a failure of the food movement in a lot of ways, is that we can't just say, you know, what we eat will solve the problem. I really don't think we can just buy our way out of this mm-hmm. situation. Mm-hmm. You know, buying healthier foods, buying organic, going to farmer's market. I mean, these are all things I do, and I know a lot of people do them, yeah. and it's because they 
they want to do it, you know, and they believe in it. But uh, it's I don't like that, the, you know, the personal is political. So you, in your own yeah. tiny way, you're fighting your battle, but it's not enough. I believe that's true, but I don't think it's enough mm-hmm. because what I think ends up happening is you just sort of create two food systems where you have the people that can continue to buy these healthy, good foods. And then you have the rest of the Americans who can't afford mm-hmm. to buy it or they're not educated about it. They don't know how to cook. Right. They don't know how to shop. They don't, you know, all these things. So you have two systems mm-hmm. and the sort of elite stay on the one side and Mm -hmm. everyone else gets stuck with the rest right so i really believe that people who care about this need to address these structural impediments to Mm -hmm. making food accessible for everyone good Mm -hmm. food you know and i say food because i don't think that stuff is food that foodiness yeah um it needs to be accessible to everyone so how do we do that and and part of it as that i do as a writer is trying to show people that i think that you know We've been tricked in a lot of ways by these mm-hmm. advertising uh, agencies, by these food corporations, by these foods masquerading, mm-hmm. you know, um, manufactured doppelgangers. Exactly. Yeah. So and and I think you can start to see people coming around to see this more and more. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's our job to really explain it to people. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, we uh, both have a someone in common in Tracy McMillan who mm-hmm. just you know she's been on heritage before and her her uh book is just out um oh someone just knocked on the window uh her book about you know the american way of eating um where she went undercover worked as a farm worker worked in walmart worked in an applebee's just really investigate our food systems mm-hmm. and how our food is produced and how it gets to the table and everything and now just today i guess she's become rush limbaugh's <laughs> new poster child for right. the liberal elite and right. you know um you were telling me about it before the show so you want yeah, to talk about that sure. a little more yeah so i mean i just was following her her tweets right before i came on the show and she was saying that Rush Limbaugh found he read the review of the New York Times of her book, mm-hmm. and so oh, and he was calling her an authorette. Right. By the way, so um, I know. And um, so basically, his whole his whole rant was, you know, who is this woman? She she's not a nutritionist. She's actually just a food writer. She's a she's a political scientist because she has her BA in mm-hmm. poli sci. And um, she th- there's this is the new front of the liberal the left wing. They want to fight food they Mm -hmm. want to fight food corporations they don't believe that the private sector should have anything to do Mm -hmm. with food the government should control our food that's what the you know us crazy liberals want Mm -hmm. and so he's saying that that's what tracy mcmillan's arguing for and that he believes that you know food justice is the next frontier in terms of what the liberals are going to be fighting against Mm -hmm. so he's right and he is right (laughs) good and i'm glad yeah Yeah. i know i think it's it's great because it's really going to backfire in a way for him and people are going to say well yeah of course that's what we're fighting for and yeah and, um, you know, I think it's actually going to work really well in her yeah. favor and just and cause him to look even yeah. worse and lose more advertisers. Yeah, hopefully. And hopefully we'll just bring more attention, to, you know, to mainstream Americans, people who listen to, to Limbaugh. Right. That they'll realize, like, what's going on. It, maybe they'll read her book, you know, mm-hmm. read other people who are writing about big food and how it controls us. He, yeah. You know, he clearly doesn't get it, but right. know, maybe other people will. Right. Well, you know, he he's... In that same school of, you know, um, Sarah Palin, when she was defending parents' mm-hmm. rights to bring cookies, right. you know, she used that as her, her like, battle cry. You know, I defend mm-hmm. my rights to bring cookies to my kids' Little League game or, you know. Right. Uh, um, you, I, 
uh, had talked about this as, you know, sort of referring to the Stockholm syndrome mm-hmm. to explain, you know, why red state Americans defend big food and fight off attempts to help them improve what they eat. Um, if people are a little rusty on Stockholm syndrome, <laughs> it's, uh, it's when hostages express empathy and have positive feelings toward their captors, right. sometimes to the point of defending them. That was Wikipedia's yeah. explanation, which means it must be true. That's right. Of course, you know. <laughs> yeah. And I said, of course, it's like Patty Hearst, you know. <laughs> you know, fell in love with her right. captors. So um, you applied it as this explanation, you know, for why Sarah Palin's demographic sees attempts to feed real food at school instead of junk food as attempts to control what mm-hmm. your kids are eating, mm-hmm. you know, when corporate America is controlling what they eat. Anyway, so do you want to talk a little sure. bit about that? Okay. Yeah, I mean, I was trying to sort of figure that out because it's sort of a conundrum. Why would these people be defending children's right to eat food that's making them sick, right. making them obese? Mm-hmm. Um, and and But I, what I figured out was that I think that, you know, these advertising agencies have really sort of hoodwinked Americans in a lot of ways. And it's not to say that Americans are stupid. These are like huge, they have billions and billions of dollars and they research and they do focus groups. They do Mm -hmm. everything to figure out what's going to work to get people to buy our products. Mm -hmm. And what they've done is they've imbued these products, you know, packaged foods, Big Macs, Cokes, all these things with this sense of American authenticity. Mm -hmm. You know, we're one of you. We're on your side. This is what real Americans eat. And they've been brilliant at it. And they've really done a good job of setting that up as in opposition to what the elites eat, which is this very snob. Arugula, exactly. (laughs) So, you know, they've told Americans that, you know, that's not a real American diet and we are making the real American diet. And it's also very cheap and affordable for you. So, you know, it's this sort of really brilliant idea and people really bought into it for a number of reasons. Um, But the whole thing with the Stockholm syndrome is, is, you know, it's not Americans are actually captive to anyone per se, but they've been tricked into defending these corporations that Mm -hmm. are actually harming them, Mm -hmm. that are actually making them and their children sick. Sick, shortening their lives. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, And so, you know, I don't know how to, you know, we need to figure out how to get that message across that that's mm-hmm. really what's going on. So, mm-hmm. Right. I mean, I, you know, Michelle Obama has her Let's Move campaign and is sort of setting a good example with the garden at the White House. But they are seen as such liberal elites oh, anyway yeah. that oh. nobody's going to pay attention right. to that. If anything, I think that's going to backfire in a lot of way and people right. are going to say, well, I'm not going to do that. There was an interesting article in the Times uh, health section today about tooth decay in really young children did you see that Mm -hmm. that you know these kids under the age of you know three four are coming in with you know multiple cavities cavities, eating root canal and you know they said it's because a parents are not being good parents and not brushing their kids teeth Mm -hmm. one of the women quoted said well i don't want to emotionally scar him by making him brush his teeth (laughs) Right. Like, well, root canal is going to yeah, be you surgery know, is better, better yeah. with mm-hmm. general anesthesia. But right. um, one of the things that really struck me, of course, is they said it's because of the constant snacking. Mm-hmm. And we do live in a com- total grazing snacking nation now. I mean, when I was a oh, kid, yeah. we didn't you know, we had the one after school snack and that was it. Now it's like kids have these little feed bags. They're like, you know, they're like right. horses and they strap <laughs> on their little feed bag and walk around with it all day. You know, and the and this sort of constant having to drink like the sippy cup juice box. But the one thing that really surprised me was you know they were talking about bottled water Mm -hmm. and that all these parents are convinced that oh you can't feed your kid tap water you have to give them bottled water instead it's better it's cleaner it's pure Mm -hmm. but it has no fluoride right you know now regardless of sort of where you feel about fluoride Mm -hmm. in water because people have very mixed opinions about that it has prevented us all from having terrible 
tooth decay for the last 50 years. And uh, I thought that was fascinating that there's yeah. this now whole school of little kids coming in needing dental work at yeah. four and five because they've been drinking bottled water because Coca-Cola, who owns Dasani, has said, you know, this right. is what you need to be drinking. Well, and, and something that actually wasn't mentioned in that article that I think is, is extremely relevant. Um, there's a dentist, Weston A. Price, very famous de- mm-hmm. dentist. Oh, yeah. um, and he he found that traditional peoples living, you know, on a on a diet that they, you know, have been eating for thousands mm-hmm. of years, not any processed foods, right. had very few ca- if any cavities mm-hmm. at all and then once they introduced western foods into sure. their diets they were riddled with cavities sure. and so it's not ju- i mean i do believe it's what you're saying um also all the snacking the starchy foods on the teeth right. but i do think that you know your underlying nutrition manifests in your dental health mm-hmm. and these children are not getting the nutrition their bodies need sure. they're eat they're eating like you said i mean they're eating all this crappy food and all they're not, day you know um all day long grazing tons of sugar mm-hmm. tons of um horrible you know processed ingredients and they're not getting like vegetables and you know Mm -hmm. good quality proteins and all these things that kids need to grow and to have healthy teeth no they're getting their vegetables because they all eat pirate's booty they eat oh right so that's that's, those are vegetables yeah yeah That's right. That's green. That's okay. And little yeah. fruit gummies. That's right. fruit, right? Right. Fruit gushers. Yeah. yeah. Now I'm probably going to get sued because <laughs> I'm not supposed to use product names. But anyway, I thought that was a really interesting article. Yeah, it really is. I remember actually reading years ago this article about India and how when Coca-Cola first came into India, um, it was the first time that they really started to see cavities. You right. know, people had other sort of age-related or poverty-related yeah. dental issues, but the kids all started to present with, uh, with cavities. It also caused the tea commodity market to collapse wow. when they brought Coke into India. Yeah, right. it's really insane. We're going to take a very quick break. When we come back, more with Kristen Wortman. Little boxes on the hillside. Little boxes made of ticky-tacky. Little boxes on the hillside. Little boxes all the same. The following program was sponsored by S. Wallace Edwards and Sons. Summertime is not the only time when barbecue is welcome. At S. Wallace Edwards and Sons, Sam Edwards has been working his magic on ribs, briskets, pit-cooked pulled pork, and much, much more. Add a few of their sides and the party is complete. Entertaining has never been so easy. To order, go to virginiatraditions.com. And business executives, and they're all made out of ticky-tacky, and they all look just the same. And they all play on the golf course and drink their martinis dry. And they all have pretty children and the children go to school. Welcome back to Let's Get Real on Heritage Radio Network. I'm Erica Wise, your host, and we have Kristen Wortman from Occupy Big Food in the studio live with us tonight. Just want to remind you that um, on March 21st, the Heritage Radio Network is having a party to celebrate those of us who have done more than 100 episodes of their shows. And if you count up my two shows combined, I'm at 121. So I think I'm one of the top (laughs) there. Um, Unfortunately, I have to work that night and I can't come to the party. But um, you can look on the Heritage Radio website for info about that. Remember, you can always listen to any Heritage Radio Network show on HeritageRadioNetwork.com. But you can also find them all on iTunes forever and ever. And... um, if you're a fan of Let's Get Real, you can follow me on Twitter at Let's Get Real Show. You can also go on Facebook and find the Let's Get Real page. And you can leave comments and questions and talk to me and tell me what you think. 
And you can also visit my site, which is letsgetrealshow.com, and you can read my vlog, which is my foodiness blog on there. And it also has links to other media um, mentions and appearances, including the speech I made at Occupy Big Food, which is how I met Kristen, Mm -hmm. who is in the studio with us tonight. And so that event was great. I mean, it was freezing cold, and we stood out there for a while, but that was a really great event are there other occupy big food events in the yeah. works yeah eric and i are are planning some for the springtime mm-hmm. so those are in the works and we'll be making announcements about those coming up oh good yeah. and c- people can follow you yeah. on twitter twitter at occupy big food we also have a facebook page occupy okay. big food great so since we're talking foodiness and <laughs> corporate and all of that horrible stuff um do you have any foodiness secret pleasures I really don't. I don't eat any of that food. I mean, maybe it's just the work I do. I'm mm-hmm. always researching and seeing how horrible it is. So, I mean, I'm pretty adamant. Our household has none of those foods in it. <laughs> yeah. You know what? I Somebody asked me this, or I think when I had Mary Nestle on, I wanted to ask her that. And so mm-hmm. I first thought about what mine were, and I don't have any. Yeah. Well, if you know about it, if you really know right, about you it. You can't do it. No. Right. It's I don't like think so. Once you've seen the dark side. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I, I couldn't think of any once in a while, I'll eat a kind bar, but mm-hmm. they're they're just like nuts and fruit. Like they're okay. They're okay. Like I'm hiking. They're okay. They were the one that I found that I thought was okay. But um, and there are these things called core bars that I actually read about on Grist. Uh huh. Um, and I wrote to them because I said I wanted to sort of see what they were actually all about. And they're mm-hmm. really just made out of food. I mean, I don't. I'm not a great proponent of food in bar no. form but those are actually really seriously just made out of food and then they were really nice and sent me some and put me on their website so right if you have to eat a bar eat a core bar um but yeah i don't have any either and it's really you know i we didn't eat a lot of that stuff growing up but we certainly had some i mean mm-hmm. some was integrated into our diet but mm-hmm. i feel like i've exercised it all completely yeah. out of my diet Cause the same yeah. thing it's like once you know yeah once you've seen behind the curtain basically <laughs> right. and see it's just a man in a green suit you know operating <laughs> um yeah. but a, a friend and business associate of mine still drinks diet sprite and he knows who he is and he needs to stop well he should read the it. article that was uh tom phil pot route um, yeah. Mother Jones recently about the cancer and stroke, cancer, stroke, heart disease yeah. with uh, diet soda. Diet soda. Yeah. I know. I mean, really. Actually, somebody I work with um, who's 38 had a massive stroke and brain hemorrhage about six months ago, and he drank diet soda all day. Yeah. Every day. Diet soda also makes people gain fa- gain weight yes. and a lot of central fatness. Yep. It has that like rebound kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. Um, so, you know, of course, I have to ask you this. So, where do you see food in? 20 30 50 years what do you mm-hmm. see the future of food mm-hmm. in the u.s it really as? it really depends on what we're willing to do because if we continue on the track we're on now it's very bleak as far mm-hmm. as i can see uh that's why we need to really get active and start demanding real changes and getting more people on board mm-hmm. i mean otherwise if we continue on this track i mean not only are we are these corporations going to completely dictate all of our food supply because like right now even even organic crops mm-hmm. that are soy, corn, um, sugar, they do have traces of GMO a lot of the time mm-hmm. because they just simply cannot control it. Right. And there's so there's so many of them. So it, they're already tainted at this point. And it's still corn, soy, right. <laughs> you know, sugar. It just happens to be organic. It's like, right. No, exactly. Like you can have or- things like organic Coke, because, not right. yet, but I'm sure it's coming. Right. No, but the point is, is that, you know, 
we're headed down this path where there's not going to be much diversity mm-hmm. at all. Right. And, uh, you know, and, and also these food corporations are ruining our environment. I mean, the two go hand in hand. It's, they're the biggest polluter mm-hmm. of, of water in this country mm-hmm. is industrial agriculture. Mm-hmm. So it's pretty, pretty dismal if we don't really make changes like right now, right in the next couple of years. Right. So well, I'm, we still can. Yeah. And so I'm right. hoping that we can get this message out and we can really start to create change. And there seems to be a real groundswell of, of interest and concern, particularly over GMO crops mm-hmm. in Monsanto. And I'm hoping that that's just the very tip of what people, when people will start to really understand how deeply these corporations control everything mm-hmm. and it's not just GMOs. Yeah. Um, but, but if that's what it takes to get people really on board, that's, that's what we need. So mm-hmm. I mean, what, what can people do? I mean, what would be a good sort of direct action thing that yeah. someone could do? Well, I mean, like you said, the number one thing is if you already are in the know, do not buy these foods. Mm-hmm. You know, you can go to our site, OccupyBigFoodNYC.com, and it tells you how to identify foods that are GMO or non-GMO. Mm. Um, and there's a lot of good resources out there on that. So don't buy GMO foods. Um, don't try to limit the amount of packaged and processed foods you buy and cook cook mm-hmm. at home you know these are the things people who are already sort of in the know can do right and then i think it's our job as educators to to help get everyone really on board with this and trying to get it out to everybody mm-hmm. or they can just listen to my show listen to your show <laughs> yeah what it's all about yeah let's get real yeah i mean when i sort of look at food in the future i mean i totally agree with you that we're we're really right it's like we're right at the precipice it's mm-hmm. like the same thing with climate change you yeah. know if they say if we don't do it now it's going to be too late we might already be too late on that one it might already be too late that's true um you know that we've just the usda agricultural zone map um you know like yes, for gardening you know that we just shifted a it zone shifted a zone we're in a warmer zone now yeah just in our lifetime right that's crazy i mean there were daffodils blooming i know in like in february yeah early i saw them in prospect yeah me too (laughs) i I was like like, what what the hell yeah and 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 this statistic that children born after 2000 may not exceed the lifetime of their their parents parents. Mm -hmm. that's never happened before right well because they're all going to be obese they're all diabetes and you know public health officials now are so concerned because they see in the next 20 to 30 years a you know, the burden of all these people that are going to have diabetes, mm-hmm. it's going to be enormous. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we need to start like reversing this like immediately. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's it's good for big pharma. I mean, talk mm. about big food. Big pharma is the one who's really set to make the profits. And they, you know, they don't they don't want people to change their bad habits because they want right. to keep medicating them. Yeah. Right. It's like Paula Dean from big like food Paula to Dean. big pharma. Exactly. Although she did lose two pant sizes. That was in the news. Recently. Oh, really? Uh-huh. She lost some weight, but I don't know if it's going to make that much of a difference. But um, I mean, I sort of see it, you know, the way politics in this country is becoming more and more and more and more divisive and splintered. I sort of see food that way that yeah. that um, almost like we have three different tiers. You know, we sort of have the people like us, you know, the sort of so-called liberal elite food media types Mm -hmm. who know or who care to know or do the work to know or we know because it's what we do and then there's the people who you know the foodiness crowd like the people who think oh well i'm doing the right thing i'm buying my kid you know the organic gummy bear instead or the organic pop tart type thing you know and then there's the actual pop tart crowd like i always say there's there's food, there's junk food, and there's what's in between, which is foodiness. Yeah. And I sort of see it going that way. Like, we have this amazing food movement going on with organics yeah. and local and farming and artisanal and craft and all of this great stuff, you know. And then there's sort of 
everything else. Yeah. <laughs> there's right. Walmart and then there's something in the between there, but I'm not really sure it is. I mean, you know, foodiness and food trends don't happen in a vacuum. Mm-hmm. You know, they happen within the context of the population. And, um, you know, as the population becomes sort of more dependent and more disconnected by the day, sort of across the board, you know, via like devices and the internet yeah. and pharmaceuticals and, you know, every other way in which corporate America defines who we are and how we live. I mean, they really own us in so many ways. You know, so you can't sort of be like so profoundly disconnected in every facet of your life and then be independent and connected to your food because right. it's all become so enmeshed and so intertwined. So it's like you have to sort of have this broader scope awareness of yeah. it all. And, and you know, people, I mean, unless you really are like us and you do the research and you've seen all the movies and read all the books, you don't understand how deeply it all goes. You know, yeah. that it all goes back to the Earl Butts and the Farm Bill and all that policy and corn syrup and sugar and commodity crops. And, you know, it spirals upwards till we wind up with where we are yeah. today. So yeah. any last words? Because we're <laughs> out of time, but I want to let you get in a few more because I've been talking too much. Visit visit OccupyBigFoodNYC.com okay. and go to my blog, KristenWortman.com, to read more about all this yeah. important and if there are any more Occupy Big Food events, we will be there. Yes, Screaming absolutely. and yelling again, hopefully with a real mic this time yeah, instead of the yeah. human mic. Human although, mic, yeah. Although the human mic actually works out pretty cool, well right? because yeah. if you say something funny, then everybody has to repeat it. Yeah. So you get laughs twice. Exactly. Which is kind of cool, which I like. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming on the thank show. Thank you it's for having really me. It's been really great to talk to thank you. you. And uh, we'll have you back some other time and we'll talk to you then. All Thanks right. a lot. Thanks. Thanks for listening to this program on the Heritage Radio Network. You can find all of our archived programs on heritageradionetwork.com, as well as a schedule of upcoming live shows. You can also podcast all of our programs on iTunes by searching Heritage Radio Network in the iTunes Store. You can find us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter for up-to-date news and information. Thanks for listening.